What's going on, everyone, and welcome back to the NerdWide Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Haynes, with my good friend and co-host, Chris Rivers. Now, Chris, it's been two long weeks since we've recorded. How have you been? How's life treated you? Uh, pretty good. It's been going pretty good. Um, got to watch some good stuff, some of it for the show, some of it not. And, uh, yeah. Got Any so mandatory overtime or anything? Uh, we've stayed late a little through the week, but I've had my full weekends, so. Oh, awesome. That's very exciting. Especially with, with down yes. here in Nashville, the weather's been semi-nice. Like, I know this weekend it was nice and sunny, but it was mm-hmm. a little cold and chilly. But other than that, it hadn't been too crazy. I think it, uh, did it rain last weekend? It might have. I know it was, actually yeah. it was crappy last it weekend because it was yeah. just me and Stella, so. <laughs> yeah. How's your uh, your two weeks been? So two weeks have been crazy. Um, let's back up to last week. The girls were out of town. We officially brought our new puppy home on Sunday, which would be our normal recording day. But with the girls coming home and bringing the new puppy in, we decided to not do the show. And good thing because Sunday night I came down with either the GI bug or a stomach virus. Not a stomach virus. A um, food, food poison. poisoning. Pretty sure it was food poisoning because it lasted all the way from Sunday night until like Thursday morning, and I felt Oops. miserable and it was not fun for anybody and don't advise it for anybody. But we're fine now, doing much better, and it's been two weeks, man. We I haven't played a whole lot of games that I would like if to like to, but you know it's it's been okay. So here, here's the big question though: How's the house training going? It's it's not that bad, honestly. He. He makes wakes up maybe twice at night now. The first night he woke up three times, but it's not bad as far as nighttime. He is he he does pee and poop outside. We have to make sure we watch him like a hawk though, because he does have this his normal sign that I am about to go to the bathroom, and if we're too slow, he just lets go. But he always does it in like the kitchen area on the tile, so it's very easy to clean up, and we don't have to get it out of a rug or anything. I don't think he's actually. Uh, knock on wood so far, but he has not peed on any of the carpeted areas at all, cool. so or pooped rather. So it's, I mean, to be fair, you all just need to move faster. Yeah, that's it, honestly what it is. Jumping up yes. from the couch to get to him fast enough <laughs> is not working. <laughs> it's the biting that's the issue. He he's really um, he loves to bite and chew on our youngest, and we're just just gonna take some time. I and mean, we've only had him for a, a week as of recording. And yeah. he's gotten better, but he does like to play with her a lot. It's, it's a his size human, so I can't right. really blame him in a puppy mindset. So, right. Oh, I'm so excited though. And his name is Fury, named after the leader of our Avengers at one point in time, Nick Fury. There you and, go. You know, just can't. But he is ferocious Fury. I don't. I don't want to call him. So. <laughs> but guys, quick housekeeping before we jump into everything we've missed over the past two weeks. Don't forget to subscribe to either our YouTube or podcasting service of your choice. If you're enjoying the show, make sure you leave us a thumbs up on YouTube or give us a good rating for your podcasting apps. Of course, this does include Spotify. If you don't enjoy what you see or hear, make sure you leave us a comment or email us and let us know how we can improve the show. If you want to email, you can always do nerdwide at gmail.com. Come straight to us and let us know what we can do better. If you want to do more, you can always go to patreon.com slash nerdwide. Toss us a couple bucks that way if you want to do those three different tiers there as well. A couple different perks in each different tier. So if you want to do that, there is always patreon.com slash nerdwide. Chris, have you been watching anything fun TV-wise these past two weeks? The only thing I've watched 
TV wise. I got caught up on NCIS. Nice. So that's it. So TV's kind of hit or miss with me. Yeah. I did. So last time we we talked, I was starting The Last Kingdom from the beginning. I am halfway through the newest and last season, and I've hit a roadblock. I haven't watched any episodes of it until since uh, last Sunday. Actually, was when I started watching and stopped uh, when the girls came home, because I watch on the big TV. When it comes to uh-huh. like these last seasons of shows like this, I don't, I don't want to watch it on my phone. I want to give it the full glory, the surround sound, and the big screen TV and everything. And so that's why I haven't watched it. I've got four episodes left. And what's happened so far is I've cried a couple times because, of course, characters do get killed off. It's the last season. And, like, there's just some very, very good story writing so far. And I'm very curious to see how it ends. I mean, it's either I'm pretty sure he's going to die somehow, some way, uh, Uhtred, the main character. But it's very, very good. And speaking of very good, some of the pertains to this show, I watched Legends of Tomorrow season seven, the most recent episode, the season they put up on Netflix. I watched that in two days. <laughs> watched the, <laughs> I mean, granted, I think it was 13 episodes, but still they're all 45 minutes long. And I started it yeah. that Thursday, uh, last Thursday, two Thursdays ago, and watched it at work and watched it all day on Friday. And I was like, oh, I guess I'm already done. It's still good. Still very good show. Uh, watched the 100th episode, which had everybody but Mick Rory in it. That was very good and touching. Um, we had another character leave the show this season again. And Matt Ryan had a completely di- – he played a different character. Like uh, Constantine was not in the show. But he played somebody else. He played the founder of Time Played the quarterback for the Indianapolis right. Colts. No. <laughs> And it was <laughs> Indianapolis Colts. I was like, yeah, he didn't he just get traded. Oh, it's uh, been a crazy free agency the past two weeks. Yeah. Lord have yeah. mercy. Just every minute has been something different. Yeah, absolutely. Guys backing out of deals mm. to go with another team and everything else. But uh, I noticed looking down a list of renewals that the Flash and Superman and Lois, the only two CW shows we so cover far. or have covered, to so far have been picked up. So. Mm-hmm. I know we're going to get into that. It's because I've got some thoughts on some things. So it's okay. I'm very excited. Um, so weirdly enough, though, we only had one episode of Super Beta Lois. I went last weekend to watch the two weeks episode, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Huh, there's not one here." And I think that's why I text you when I sat yeah. down to watch that one. I was like, uh, "I guess we." Luckily enough, we didn't have an episode to watch, so all we had was uh, Season 2, Episode 8, Into the Oblivion. I'm going to start off with say, we're going back to Nerds and Beyond for the recap by Haley. Not that, th- this episode's okay. I don't feel like it was their strongest one yet this season. Uh, I guess it was their lowest, but I mean, all the other ones were just bangers, though, to me. This one mm-hmm. was just, it was okay, it wasn't bad, it wasn't great, but it was just right down the middle for me, as far as the episode went. Right. Let's jump right into this one. Kyle picks up Sarah to take her to breakfast, but he's met with Lana, who is prepping for her campaign. He offers to help her out, but she doesn't need it. Sarah wonders if this is the new normal, but Kyle just wanted to extend a branch to try and help. 
Later, Lana and Kyle, Lana invites Kyle over to help her practice with questions and answers later on the episode. Kyle reassures her that she doesn't need practice. She's more than capable of doing it without help. Things get a little heated when they're running through potential questions, and Lana makes her opinion known she wasn't the one to step out. I mean, <laughs> this this episode was very weirdly written a little bit from this standpoint. Like, we yeah. we know Kyle knows he's in the wrong, and that's nothing new, And but... And we've already, I feel like we've gone through a lot of the argument with these two. I know uh-huh. this is a very long lasting thing. It's not just something that just gets summed up in an episode or two. But he asked, the, you know, they're trying to do this debate training. And he asked the questions that are, are supposed to be asked that people are going to ask. And she snaps at him for asking these questions. So yeah, like, eh. I mean, it's, it's still fresh, obviously. But she hasn't taken her own advice really either. Uh, you know, she advised Sarah to find someone she could talk to right. to get things off her chest. But Lana hasn't done that. Mm-mm. You know, oh. she talked to Clark a little bit. Wait, I'm, I think Clark's going to be a big thing soon. Yeah. Yeah. I see it. Yeah. <laughs> things but will get misconstrued. They did say during the scene, though, that's only been one week since the Quintanilla. But for us, yeah. it's been three episodes. <laughs> in four Mm -hmm. weeks if you count the week break that they had again so that's why to me i feel like it's being drawn out but Mm -hmm. they did say in the episode it's only been a week since the king's theater and i'm like lord it's been two months for us at this point yeah if if it hadn't been for the other storylines going on you would think that maybe they filmed this to air right after that episode and chose to flip it but the other storylines prove that didn't happen right uh, we go to the Oblivion, is what they're calling the Bizarro World. Anderson is meeting with Allie. She gets him to ascend, and when he comes to realize she's right and he's seen everything, her shadow self gave him instructions to leave now. Chrissy hops in a dodgy van with a bunch of people in hazmat suits to, to cover the scoop of the story. At the mines, Anderson clears out the sword, soldier so everyone can head inside. Again, he's still using the XK to keep these super strength powers. They make it to the portal to merge with the other selves and become quote-unquote whole. They go in one by one, but as I do, their bodies get destroyed. Superman hears Chrissy's pleas for help and drags the remaining people out. Anderson takes one last puff from the inhaler and jumps with the, with the uh, pendant and jumps his way through the portal. Chrissy thanks Superman for saving her just as Sam screams for him, asking if there was any sign of Lucy. He tells him by the time he arrived, some were already through, but he's not unsure if she was one of them. This was an intense scene with having the general or... Um, Papa General or whatever we're calling him now. Uh, Lucy sends this cryptic text that's a, a goodbye text to both the General and uh, Lo- uh, Lois. And no one can find out where she is. Everyone thinks she w- went through the portal, potentially. And the whole time, I'm like, obviously, she didn't go through. And then once we get to the future spoilers of this episode, when she comes back onto the scene, they made her very... Like, her hair was shot darker, if not dyed darker. She was wearing dark makeup. And you could tell she was not a good person. And I don't know if that was intentional or just me being a, being a super sleuth to these episodes and know how, they're, how they work now. I was like, clearly she is up to no good and going to break uh, her out somehow. And sure yeah. enough, I think it's going to be the next episode. Um, the portal scene. So, the, everyone was getting killed right but it looks like except for anderson because he grabbed the the amulet is how it looked to me 
I don't see. I couldn't tell if it was the amulet or was it the super abilities mm. that made him indestructible. Right. Um. I'm curious what was because they never really say what happened to the mm -hmm. people. Like, were there bodies torn apart? You know, was it like a case of all the blood vessels and everything just burst, or was it because they were in agony? Right. They, yeah, they were screaming in pain. So it wasn't just that they just, you know, died. They were, something was going on inside those suits, which makes me wonder if, even though Allie said this isn't supposed to happen this way, or however she phrased it, did she know that something could go wrong, and did she know what that thing was? Right. The reason these people are wearing these suits. Because if you see it happen, and there's no suit to contain it you're not going next mm -mm. no I, i'm not so <laughs> I, i'm not getting in the van in the first place no. like, Leo, no. when, they, when they rolled up on chrissy and there's just the two guys in a blacked out van i was like mm -mm. nope the chester the molester van yeah i was like no not, not me and it, it, then they and opened the opens, door <laughs> yeah nope open oh, the door you. and there's people sitting there <laughs> hazmat suits hazmat their faces <laughs> And the guy tells her, he's like, you sure you want to do this? She's like, yeah. Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> this, there's no way this can be a bad thing. They already <laughs> drugged me and nearly had me die. There's no way this could be a bad thing. No. Stupid. No. They'll look out for me. <laughs> right. <laughs> Picking up John from work, Candace confesses her love to him. Suddenly, uh, the dealer reappears and tells her to get into the car. We see the dealer from the beginning of the episode. Um, wants his money, obviously, from these inhalers. Didn't get them because they got confiscated two episodes ago. Or in the last episode. Mm -hmm. uh, no, it was, yeah, two episodes. Two episodes. I, yeah, it's, time is a flat circle. Uh, the guy came prepared to fight, but John stood up to her. John throws his keys to the field as Jordan comes to help him, shielding his identity with his hood. Uh, John gets Candace to run away, and Jordan really took care of some business with this drug dealer. And again... I love the Smallville vibes. When he came through and had the hood up and everything was hiding his uh -huh. face, and I was like, oh, this, is, this works really well. And my wife was like, you know, it, it does because you could play it off like, oh, someone else with XK happened up on the scene. Then, like, there's like a big Superboy reveal or anything like that. Right. And I think the coolest part about the scene to me was him running away. Like, uh, John looks back and says, you know, uh, hey, Jordan, thank you. And like he kind of does a little head nod thing, and then like does it the the Superman speed off that he's been doing all season, both season there. I was like, yes, this is awesome. And you could clearly tell from the training from uh, their grandfather that that's what how this came to be and played out. So I loved it. Yeah, I um, I had first off, if the gal's letting you lose everything to mm -hmm. take the fall for her, she doesn't love you. Yeah, no. All right. Secondly. I didn't understand the bit with the car keys because he's at the driver's side of the vehicle. Mm -hmm. The guy is putting her in the passenger seat. Right. I'll, why don't you let him get her in the car and then you take off? Yeah, why don't you just, yeah. I'd, just take the car. I thought he was reaching for some XK or something originally. And then, yeah. No, he, the drug dealer puts the keys on the dash of the car and then gets out yeah. of the car, I guess. But Jonathan just grabs the keys and throws them into a field and says, good yeah. luck. What did you think was going to happen here? Right. <laughs> so luckily, yeah, Jordan I, was eavesdropping this whole point. Yeah. Uh, 
I don't know, man. I <laughs> can't. Candace can go. Like mm-hmm. that's exactly just, what Jamie says. She goes, "I cannot stay in this character." No. Like, no. If she gets soon. if she gets caught in the middle of something, oh well. Yeah. And they're, <laughs> I mean, they're trying to play these these two relationships and two um, comparisons to Sarah and um, Jordan and Jonathan and Candace. Like they're trying to play like these two different love stories. I don't feel like Candace's is earned like as much as Sarah's is what we're going through with her right now. Although I'm and, not well, the happiest with the way that they're, I guess a love triangle now is going, but it's a different. Yeah. We care more about Sarah than we do about Candace. And Oh yeah. I see how they're trying Definitely. to compare them. And I'm just like, it's just not working for me. Um, no, um it's just art. Just different. But what's her name? Arbery. Aubrey. Is that Aubrey? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's not going to work out well. Yeah, I'm, I'm very curious. And I mean, and I hate it for Jordan because uh, we, we don't talk about it in this recap. But uh, Sarah says, hey, she wants to meet you. She's getting me through this divorce because her parents are divorced. Can we all meet up together? And Jordan, rightfully so, is like, ah, I don't feel comfortable with that. Which yeah. I think every single person would be that way especially uh-huh. a teenager. And she's like, no, she goes, this, I need this right now. And Jordan being the super boy, he is, it's like, okay, I'll be there. Uh, obviously gets, he's at the restaurant about to walk in pretty much. He's across the street and he hears, uh, Jonathan get in a fight. So he goes, saves him, comes back to the diner. He's got a cut on his face now and he's got bloody, uh, knuckles, which this is another one of our first signs that he doesn't, he's not impervious to damage like a uh, right. Superman is. And, he decides to not go into the bar after listening. He said, is he going to show? She goes, I don't know. I hope so. I would have easily, I mean, you could have easily covered that up as a teenager, especially in Smallville. He could have been like, oh, hey, sorry. Um, Jordan got in a fight. I saw him. I, was on the, I saw Jordan on the way here at the convenience store. Uh, Jonathan got jumped. And he goes, I, tuned, I you know, went to help. And this is how my knuckles got this way. So I'm here now, though. Um, but I think it's because Jordan did not really want to be there, and he was like, "Okay, this is yeah. my out. I'm out." So. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, it's it's just so. I don't know. I I feel like even though that's who she feels she needs to reach out to, it's still kind of um, if if we were still doing douche canoe mm-hmm. of the week, she'd be a nominee for even asking him. Yeah. To, to do that it's it, it's very teenagery though it's, yeah and, and it's exactly what would happen in high school like in the mm-hmm. real world and i get it but it's like but it's, it's, it's very douche canoey because it's like this is not you already know he's upset about this and you want him to go right. meet with her and y'all hang out together i don't i don't know where you think this is going to end but it, it'd be like kyle going to lana and saying Hey, let's hang out with the the girl I slept right. with on the she's, track. She's gonna help us through this. But no, yeah, that's not how that works. But <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how this comes to be. Um, at the beginning of the episode, Lois and Clark meet Natalie and John Henry at the hospital to bring him home. I think it's been way too long since we've seen these two characters. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's been what four episodes. And that Something might be a like little that, bit of a stretch, yeah. but it's been a while since we've seen them. Yeah, I, I think we might have gotten. A glimpse of Natalie talking to the boys at some point, right? Or Sarah, 
Yeah. Seems like there was uh, like one quick scene, but that was it. Yeah, it's this been way too long for me. Now, this whole the whole John and Natalie scenes are what I feel like didn't really fit in this episode as much. Mm-hmm. I feel like some of it was a little forced, but I don't see where else you could have put in these ep- these scenes and episodes. But now that they're out of the way, I feel like we can move on. And this is the part that brings on the low low parts for me. Uh, John's confusion shows when he mentions getting to spend time with his two girls and looking at Lois, referring to Natalie and Lois. Natalie reminds him, hey, that's not your my mom. Um, Clark chats with Natalie about how she feels. He wants her to have a choice in all this, including whether they stay at their home. He said, because, you know, it's very hard. I'll understand because, you know, once you get to know me, I'm not a bad person. I'm not the guy from your world. Um, and he says, you know, Clark hands her a set of keys, tells her a friend had a place for rent for a while. He thinks she and John should check it out and see if they want to. Then maybe they could get that alarm in her head to quiet down so they can have a proper relationship, which I really like because I, I really like these two family dynamics that we're putting together. I hate that they're moving out so soon because I feel like we did not get a lot of time with them together uh-huh. and i feel like having all of them in one roof would be a lot more fun still uh, but we didn't get that uh and this is also again this just shows we're in the same universe as supergirl flash and arrow and everything when we were going back to nat's flashbacks and her seeing the world and while she was in space that was the crisis coming through and she asked the computer she's like hey where are we now like we're nowhere there's no no data we're absolutely nowhere and, but you know, to us, we might as well be our own show. Um, Lucy finally shows up to the Kent residence. She recounts her time in the mines and her escape. At Sam's, he and Lucy are sharing tea. He begins to realize she spiked it and he falls to the floor. She tells him she was she was the failsafe this whole time to get Allie to the other side and steals his badge. And that concludes this week's episode. Sure. I felt like a few episodes back, and I still think they could go this way, that Natalie and maybe Jonathan, something happens there. Mm-hmm. And I think they'll have this whole discussion of how weird it is, because while they don't have exactly the same mom, they kind of sort of have the same mom. So. Yeah, because she doesn't look like she's any different in this world than she was in there. Right, so. right. Uh, but I could see something like that happening with Lucy. I, they've tried everything they can try. Mm-hmm. I think it's they're they're probably going to have to go last resort at some point. Yeah. I don't know if she's going to have a redemption arc at where this she point, sacrifices after you're herself. Your dad, I don't think you're going to have a redemption arc. <laughs> I mean... It it would it would have to be her sacrificing yeah. her life. Um. I feel like because of that they kind of painted themselves into a corner with the character because mm-hmm. now how do you get beyond that unless she ends up a Telro I don't know I somehow some way she stumbles across him and I, I don't know <laughs> yeah yeah oh man I'm, I'm excited for next episode next week it looks fun I know you don't, you don't see the pre- uh, previews but it's a whole somehow uh, Superman disappears and the world's been looking for him and it looks like Jordan steps up in a big way trying to find him everyone has no idea where he's at and he steps up a little bit so I'm like yes maybe a mini Smallville episode which I am all about so that's what do I'm you think for. that 
do you think that we've been wrong this whole time? Do you think Jonathan's really never going to get? Because for those who don't know, way. for those that don't know, in the comics, Jonathan Kent is Superboy. He's an only child too. Yeah. So, so it's it's kind of weird that they gave Jordan first off that they even created Jordan, mm-hmm. but then they then gave him the abilities. I don't know. Yeah, it's what if, it's different. What if what if we because they they are supposed to be twins. Mm-hmm. So you could make the argument that you know maybe when they became twins in the womb, so to speak, it the powers only went to one of them. Right. I I I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I just want to have power so I'm bad. I'm disappointed. I I still want to know though if that's the plan. Because I mean, why still, did we? We had the whole first, the very first scene in the show was Jonathan throwing a football through a rope uh-huh. on his arm, and I'm like, I don't know of very many ten year olds that can do that. So no. maybe it's just like a rope was old or something. But I I don't know. I still think he's got powers. It's just gonna take a while. I was just really yeah. hoping that they'd do it with the XK and he would have like lingering effects somehow. Guess we yeah, uh, guess maybe. we're wrong on that one. <laughs> we will have next week's episode, which I don't know the title of it yet. But we've got a couple of news here, and some of it does refer to our Superman and Lois show. First one though, we finally got a Miss Marvel full length trailer with a premiere date of June the eighth. So as it looks as right now, Moon Knight comes out this week, and then which is March thirtieth, which might as well be April. So we'll have April with Moon Knight six episodes. And then in May, we have Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness. And then June 8th, we've got Miss Marvel. So our next three months are good. Good to go yeah. so far. Um, hopefully, we just can keep running with it. I know last year we had almost every single week was Marvel content somehow, some way. And so do we have a release date for Thor yet? Uh, we do. I think. Is that December? I just, don't, I just don't remember when that is. Thor Love and Thunder release. Um, oh, July eighth. Oh, it's really? Yeah, okay. that's right. So, so the next four months are good. <laughs> yeah, we're good. And then, is there anything? We don't know have anything in August yet. She Hulk's supposed to come out at some point. So, yeah, we get two more Disney Plus She Hulk and What If season two. Mm-hmm. And then there should be, what is there? One more or two more movies? I think we should have one more. One for sure. Uh, no black. Did they push well, Black Panther? Supposed to come out in December, which this past week I didn't put in movies and new uh, movie news, but they wrapped filming finally yesterday. Yeah. So. Mm. Anyways, not not the happiest <laughs> with that one. Um, next little news story here. I think you would enjoy this one, Chris. The Mandalorian season three cast Christopher Lloyd in mysterious I role. I love this. <laughs> Going to HollywoodReporter.com by Aaron Couch and Boris Kitt. The Back to the Future actor is on the call sheet for The Mandalorian, the Disney Plus Star Wars show that's currently filming its third season in Southern California. Character details for his role are being kept locked in the trunk of a DeLorean, but it has been described as guest starring in nature. Lucasfilm cannot be reached for comment. I don't see it being like a big role. I see it being Uh as a, uh, we have one little scene with him talking or something like that, and that'd be it. 
somebody, I can't remember who it was, they put on uh, social media, if his character's name is not Del Orion, that's great. Then, then <laughs> it's going to be a disappointment. But oh, yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, that'd be great. I don't. Have, yeah. I don't know what they're going to do with it, but that makes me really happy. Um, something else makes me really happy. Misha Collins joins Gotham Knights pilot as Harvey Dent. Going to TVLine.com by Rebecca Iannucci. Misha Collins has lined up his next TV role, and this and this one's no angel. The supernatural vet will play Harvey Dent, aka villain Two Face, in the CW's Gotham Knights, Gotham Knights pilot. Collins broke the news himself on Twitter Wednesday morning, alongside a follow a photo of Aaron Urquhart's iteration of Harvey Dent in the Dark Knight. Quote, I've asked if my version of the character could be wearing a beige trench coat over the gray suit. Uh, for the parentheses, I'm sure, just not sure I'll be comfortable in front of a camera without one. End quote. Collins wrote, referencing, referencing the usual ensemble of a supernatural character, Castiel. Gotham Knights, which secu- scored a pilot order at the CW in February, takes place in the wake of Bruce Wayne's murder. So... That's uh, that's <laughs> really good casting. Yeah, I'm really, really excited about it. And what cracks me up is CW is very well known for keeping their their actors and actresses in their shows, and yeah. making them guest star on other things as well. And it sounds like he's not going it, very far at all. It makes me want to go back now and binge watch Supernatural again. Mm-hmm. I just we don't have, have time. not even touched the last season. We've seen everything else and just have not watched the last season. You Which, just don't want to close that book, do you? You just you haven't really had time and thought of it really <laughs> to do it. We've had so much going on. And then speaking of so much going on, Chris, nice little segue there. CW renews seven of its shows. Going to Deadline.com by Peter White. The CW has handed early renewals to a large portion of its scripted schedule, including The Flash. A lot of people are saying, which, of course, I'm not caught up to this season. I guess it's season eight. Mm-hmm. And so it's going to be going on for at least a season nine. But the network has also renewed All-American, The Flash, Kung Fu, Nancy Drew, Riverdale, Superman and Lois, and Walker. Superman and Lois and Walker, not surprised about. I'm very glad wow. that essentially this early on we're getting Superman and Lois again. Um, Kung Fu, which this will be going on for its third season, which is, mm-hmm. I've heard great things. I just still need to watch it. Riverdale, I'm a little shocked at. I've heard uh, not very many good things. I think they're now on superpowers. Somehow the cast has superpowers. Don't know how that works. A lot of people are joking. Obviously, they're going to be joining Team Flash soon, uh, somehow, some way. But uh, <laughs> let's see. Traditionally, yeah. the Youth Skewing Network hands out early renewals, sometimes as early as January, to the majority of its slate, a boon for its owner, CBS and Warner Brothers. So, again, I haven't, nothing new for our Legends of Tomorrow. So, I haven't checked out because I do like some good mysteries. So, I haven't checked out Nancy Drew. It's getting its that. own spinoff show, too. I saw the other day. Is it? Mm hmm. Jamie joked it's the Hardy Boys, and I said no, but I don't know what it is. It's something off of the other characters. It, it's uh, I haven't watched Walker either. Mm-mm. Um, I still I'm still scarred from the original. Yeah, which most people it, should be. So if <laughs> if if you go back and watch the original now, it's just, it's so dated. Mm-hmm. And I think most of it has to do with the uh, every time they had a fight scene, it went into slow motion. Yeah multiple times 
Because Chuck Norris, I guess, wanted to show off his karate moves. Well, I mean, I'm okay with it. (laughs) Releases this week. All we have Wednesday, March 30th is Moon Knight Season 1. Very excited about this one. Uh, A new character. I mean, this is our first show um, that we've had a new character for Disney Plus for our Marvel lineup. And I'm very curious to see what they do because this is going to set the tone for... um, Miss Marvel as well. I mean, the trailer for yeah. Miss Marvel looks great. So does Moon Knight, but both shows have never we've never seen these characters before. Right. Yeah. And I'm curious to see how they bridge this into the MCU. Well, it and it's 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 just the darkness of it. Mm-hmm. You know. So I mean, that's been the big talk since they announced this project. Okay, does this open the door for mm-hmm. Ghost Rider? Does this open the door for some of the darker elements of marvel to, to come through we'll, well and it makes sense too i think this is i don't know it's, a, it's not gonna get it i think it's a tv 13 or a pg 13 is what they're counting this as but it will also have all the netflix shows on disney plus now and i don't uh-huh. know if you've logged into disney plus recently you have to do it uh, maturity screening or whatever it is like if you want mature content really? so mm-hmm. uh well i i know some when those debuted, people noted that they didn't change the shows they at all. They didn't change anything. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> so, Sex scenes and all. <laughs> I mean, all that stuff goes on. Look, we know something was iffy about the seven dwarves and Snow White. Don't mm-hmm. don't tell me. You know. <laughs> the, but I'm, someone brought up a theory to me. I saw on Twitter one of these past two weeks that um, what's Black Knight from uh eternals uh-huh. he and uh the lady I, i'm blanking on everyone's names right now like i usually do uh they were both curators at a london museum well that's where oscar isaac's character works is at a museum in london so do we see um, at least her right do we see her do we see him because i mean she's supposed to be off world now but do we see him in some capacity yeah. to kind of bridge that Further. a little bit or I don't know. Could be because I mean, Moon Knight and Blade are also, um, you know, they do a lot of things together in the comics. Yeah. Which Blade was at the end of Eternals. Spoiler for the movie in November at the end, but end credit scene. So. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't like, oh, that's makes, actually pretty plausible to me. Makes you wonder. On to films, on the movies. Tyler, have you watched any? Uh... Anything? No, we have. Of... We haven't had any chance, especially with the new puppy, to watch anything other than some of our normal shows. <laughs> so right. Uh, so I watched. It's March. I've been working my way through the Leprechaun movies. I'm excited about these. I got to uh, Leprechaun in the Hood and Leprechaun Back to the Hood. Um. So Leprechaun in the Hood, I gave it. I gave both of them two stars on Letterboxd. Um, Leprechaun in the Hood has Ice T mm-hmm. as as the big name in it, um, but it's so. If you go in knowing it's going to be cheesy, it's it's fine. Right. But if you go in thinking you're going to see like a a horror film, if you don't watch the other Leprechauns and see the progression. Um, 
you're going to be disappointed. Like Warwick Davis as the leprechaun at the end of the film has a rap that he does. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but there's there's just some, uh, I don't know. It's it's not, it's definitely not the best in the series. No. So, um, I do want to, let me look up the cast here on the second one because uh, someone that you would recognize in, in the second one. Uh, Laz Alonzo, who plays really? Mother's Milk on yeah. the Boys, is uh, is in the second one. He's the main guy in the second, in, in Back to the Hood. So, And that was done, what year was that done? That was done in 2003. God, I mean, that's almost 20 years old at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and it's the last of the Leprechaun films that we've gotten with Warwick Davis as the Leprechaun. Um, Origins is up next for me, and that's the one where they... Um, I don't know if you watched WWE mm-hmm. back in the day. Hornswoggle. Okay. The, the little he's guy the, the leprechaun. played the Leprechaun. Yeah, he's... Yeah, I don't know how that's going to be. That's that's the only one I had not seen before. So um, I don't know how much I'm looking forward to it. But we'll see. Let's, yeah. Yeah. We'll see. All right. Let's get on to the movie that we watched for this week, The Harder They Fall. Uh, this came out in November. And so we are going to get into spoilers. Mm-hmm. We mentioned it two weeks ago, so as Tyler said before we started recording, anyone listening has had two weeks to know that this was coming. Plus, the title's going to be in the title of the video, so if you haven't seen it, you can always wait. We've given you multiple watch. opportunities for out at this point. Yeah, so the, sto- <clears throat> the story in The Heart of They Fall revolves around the, um, the Rufus Buck gang and the uh, Nat Love gang. Now, Nat Love is a younger guy who has his gang. It's interesting. He's put his gang together basically to steal from the people that steal from the banks. It's genius. I love it. (laughs) It's so smart. Because their theory is, we didn't rob the bank. Right. Yeah, you guys did. We're clean. (laughs) We just took it from the bad guys over here. Um, So... Rufus Buck, at the beginning of the movie, we see him walk into a preacher's house who had just sat down to dinner with his wife and child, and he proceeds to kill the preacher and the wife and then carves a cross into the forehead of the little boy. And what a way to set this up. Yeah, I didn't know Idris Elba was the bad guy. Like going into this and seeing trailers and everything, I just never—I don't think I realized that he's the bad guy. And right. and we see him very briefly at the beginning of this, and uh-huh. I was like, oh, oh yeah, and he's not a—he's not a good guy, like good bad or anything. He's just very bad, very yeah. very mean guy. So yeah, yeah, and uh, they—it turns out we find out very quickly in the movie Nat Love was that little boy. Mm -hmm. Um, And the reason we find that great guy, Jonathan Majors. Yes. 
um, who is going to be Kang. Mm-hmm. They haven't named him that yet in the MCU. He's the Conqueror is who he is so far. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we find out early on because this man named Cortez, who was with Rufus Buck, enters this church and believes he's talking to the Padre. And it's actually Nat Love with his back to him. And uh, he's been hunting Cortez because Cortez was with Rufus Buck on that day. And he remembers him because he had a scorpion tattooed on his right hand. Mm-hmm. And before he kills Cortez, <laughs> he takes his hat off and shows him his forehead and the scar. Um, the interesting thing is the preacher's hiding in the church this whole time. Mm-hmm. And when he comes out, Nat Love tells him, this man's got a bounty of $5,000 on his head. Take, turn him in, and turn his body in, and you'll get it for your church. So he's not in any of this, no. really, for the money. Well, no, the, the was... next line was what cracked me up, though. He says, well, the preacher asked uh, Nat, he said, well, why don't you turn him in? He said, because I'm worth 10. <laughs> then the scene changes. I was like, yes! Already yeah. set this up, but I like this a whole lot. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's got a great cast. Mm-hmm. Ba- basically, we get um, we find out over the next few scenes that R- the Rufus Buck gang is kind of on ice because Rufus Buck is in prison, and they've continued to maintain a network with all these other gangs who are supposedly loyal, as loyal as one gang can be to another. Uh, to them to the point that a gang called the Crimson Hoods mm-hmm. are robbing banks with the belief that they'll they'll split half with the Rufus Buck gang and keep half for themselves. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's so washed up with the Pink Hood gang. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the hoods have faded to pink. Um. <laughs> uh, from there, the story is simply um, Nat Love finds out that Rufus is now getting out of prison and he's going to go kill him. Mm-hmm. And along the way, they have to deal with Rufus's gang as well. Um, I, l- let's, let's jump right to the end with the twist. Dude, not even thinking there was a twist. I was like... no. Where or he obviously, uh, you know, this whole little city they go through Redwood, take out every single person of Rufus Buck's gang, and you know he confronts them, and I was like, okay, cool, this is just a killing thing. He's getting revenge for his parents, dude. The twist, it was his brother, and yeah. I was like, no way. And it's like it's not even one of those things that there's a debate. You know, is that really was that really his brother, or is he just saying that to not get killed or whatever? And I'm like, no, no. The, the emotions that Idris Elba is showing while he's talking to him of everything is obvious why. Yeah. Oh. God. Yeah. He he tells the story that his father, uh, Rufus's father, would beat his mother. Mm-hmm. He said if, if he said he he would beat her if she overcooked his food. He would beat her if she undercooked his food. And so one night, he tried to stop him from beating her. And when he went after the boy, she jumped in, and his father killed her. 
and he went on the run and somehow changed overnight practically mm-hmm. yeah and just became this new man took a, another wife had another child and uh when rufus buck found him he that's why he let the boy live mm-hmm. i couldn't kill my brother no oh. but matt didn't have a problem with it uh he there was definitely an internal debate going on in his uh-huh. head and it was very i was like oh I said, I could see him not killing them. I mean, they could team up. They'd be unstoppable. And, oh, like he just shot him like several times in the gut. And I was like, oh, yeah. my Lord. And then emptied his gun into him. It's just still try to keep shooting him. Yeah. Oh. Um, it's a really good movie. So uh, the one thing that I noticed is at the very beginning you have a uh, disclaimer that comes up. That mm-hmm. the events of the film are fictionalized. But the people were real. Right. So... After the movie went off, I, I jumped online. I started looking up these people, and they, all of them were real. The Rufus Buck gang really did exist, but it wasn't very successful. It wasn't nearly as successful as it was made to be in the film. It, there, in, in the film, you get the sense that he's been doing this for at least a decade. Mm-hmm. In real life, the Rufus Buck gang. They got together, I think, in July of 1895. They would all hang in July of 1896. So they lasted a year. Yeah. Um, Nat, um, he sometimes in real life went by Nate. He was born on plantation of Robert Love in Davidson County, Tennessee. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. And lived a long life, wrote his, um, I think he was about 60, I think, or so, when he wrote his his memoirs and, and published them. I did not know that was a thing. Yeah. Um, Stagecoach Mary, who, who plays a, a pretty pivotal role here, and in the film is a love interest for Nat, did exist. Um she actually was born on a plantation in Hickman County, Tennessee, hmm. and <clears throat> ended up living in Montana. That's where she died and where she's buried. But um, she lived to be in her 70s or 80s, I think. She was 60 years old. when. So she started a mail route. She got a contract for a mail route when she was 60. And that's nice. where she earned the nickname Stagecoach Mary. But it was the same year that the J- that the Rufus Buck game formed. So that's how kind of out of whack the timeline yeah. was. And they again, they tell us that. But all these people existed at different times. Regina King's character, Treacherous Trudy, mm-hmm. was a real person, but not much is known. So... Yeah. They just kind of wove this story with all these different people. The the guys, um, was it Jim? Was the guy's name in, in Nat's gang that... Um, Jim Beckworth? Yeah, thought he Marchman. was the fastest. Yeah. yeah. Oh. He So we see him killed in the film, obviously a young guy, but the real Jim Beckworth lived to be like 70 years old or something. Awesome. 
So it, it's it's kind of crazy how they just kind of took all that. But I think for characters for or for people like this that lived interesting lives that we don't know a lot about, this is a great way to tell a story involving them and get people to go look them up and learn about them. That's what the the writer and director, James Samuel, that's what he, because obviously I was wondering if there's going to be a sequel to this because of the way uh-huh. that it kind of ended. And he said he's always wanted to do a prequel film, then, you know, we've got this film, then a sequel. Uh, which he's already done the prequel, essentially. And this guy's younger. I mean, it's called uh, They Die by Dawn, and that was in 2013. And he hasn't really done a whole bunch of real popular films for things. But this one is so well done. Like, I loved everything about this movie to the point that I gave this five stars on Letterboxd. Really? This is one that I want to go back and watch again already. And, like, it it was so good because I was like, okay, a Western. I'm not the biggest on Westerns. But the the humor that was put in there, just the the bad assery that was with a lot of mm-hmm. these characters, and the way that things were shot, like the the train scene, was very well. Like the dialogue was fun, and like even like uh, Jim Beckworth, where like he kind of to me kind of broke character, like where he was not talking where he was in the 1800s. He was talking like he was right. early 2000s. I was like, this is so fun. And, like, a lot of the scenes, like, with uh, Nat Love, with um, Jonathan Majors, I he's really sold me. I mean, he sold me on Loki, uh, you know, him as right. an actor. And this one is just so much better. And, of course, again, I love Idris Elba and always will in his acting. But I feel like everybody stood out in their own way in this. Uh, the sheriff, I can't think of his name right now. Um, Bass Reeves. Uh, yeah, Bass Reeves so good like playing both sides of the coin yeah Delroy and then, uh, Lindo. Cuffy with Danielle Deadweiler she was mm-hmm. so good like when they go to the stagecoach Mary's and uh she's like you gotta put your guns there and like even a sheriff walks up or someone does she goes I don't care who you are and yeah. co- beats them down and sends them on their way like there were so many good people in this and the story was a lot of fun and that makes me really excited that I mean, that was something James Samuel, the writer, he said, it's, we, he goes, I've always grown up loving Westerns. He says, mm-hmm. but nobody talks about the black people from that time. And right. he goes, because there are obviously very influential black people, cowboys from back then. He says, yeah. no one's done like an accurate, sto- accurate story. And that's where he, he made these films. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yes, please make another one. I honestly can't wait. I just, I want more and I want to watch it again. Like the, the humor was there. The action was there, and the the storytelling was just phenomenal. The pacing at the uh, about beginning to middle, like where that kind of overlaps, I guess Act Two, was a little on the slower side to an extent, but everything else was just. I mean, I love this movie. I get five stars. I mean, yeah, I want to watch it again already. I I gave it four and a half. I I don't know if you've ever. Um... If you've ever watched any of the old, well, you said you're not really into westerns, but mm-hmm. the old spaghetti westerns, Mm-mm. like the Clint Eastwood "Man with No Name" trilogy and uh-uh. and things like that, this has that kind of feel, just updated. Yeah, it's very. I don't want to discount what this director did, um, but early on, you're getting 
people killed with six shooters mm-hmm. and they're literally being blown backwards yeah <laughs> and and i'm thinking this is tarantino-esque this is like just violent and bloody right. and uh the pistol whipping that takes place um the uh, i can't remember the character's name but he put himself in the role of sheriff in in redwood oh I know um, he's, yeah, uh, Clyde uh, yeah he he's beaten to the point that in one shot two of his gold teeth come <laughs> flying out of his head and and rufus buck tells his kid he says come on over here come over here hands him the two teeth and says now your family's rich right and then goes back to pistol whipping him and so it's just good. like to the point he touches the muzzle of the pistol to his cheek just barely touches it and mm-hmm. then he flinches in pain you know that jaw's got to be shattered at that point um it's more more people need to see this mm-hmm. because i think this would propel this genre forward yeah hugely it's it's an it's a great film it's a great film i i just like it was i was shocked like i i went in watching it last night and i finished it today like I started it first off, I said two hours and twenty minutes. I said, "Oh, this is gonna be a, a long one." And like I just couldn't stop watching. I was sitting watching it in bed, and and Jamie said, "You, she goes, you really like this?" Because she was in another room, and she, you know, when she came to bed, and I was like, "Yeah, this is actually really good." I said, "It starts off with just very violent, but it sets the tone, and then you do the the Crimson Hood gang with uh." Uh, Jim Beckworth and Pickett and I was like this is so funny and then they kept adding just more and more complex but good characters and the train scene Mm -hmm. I absolutely loved and then the robbing scene where they went to the white town and robbed them I was like this is so good I I want more yeah and well very well done one of my favorite moments was Cherokee Bill um there toward the end oh because remember he he gets Jim tells him because they ostensibly they're going to compete for the yes fastest gun in the west and uh which i was all for jim yeah jim makes a a comment to him about you know something about shooting people in the back Mm -hmm. and if i'm remembering right he makes a comment about karma or something like that at at the time and then later on he shoots um picket picket he shoots Pickett in the back and kills him. Mm-hmm. And then Cuffy shoots him in the neck right across the carotid. Yep. And he's as he's bleeding out, he stumbles outside. And if you notice, the song playing over that, as he's stumbling outside dying, mentions karma. Oh, really? I didn't pay attention. Yeah. Well, the music and for then, this was really well done, too. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's something else. Like, I'm just... But, oh... Like, I loved it. Like, when they were sitting there talking, and he was counting down, he said, what, count of five you want to do? And you see him put the bullet in his uh, gun that's a Cherokee on it. And then he goes to three, and then just a hole appears right in his head. And he says, you guys, you count too slow. And I was yeah. like, oh. I said, this, is, this is where we're starting this. I was, oh, God, it was so good. Man, it was good. It was. I, I would, I'm kind of like you. I would watch this again. Mm-hmm. 
probably won't have Palm right away. This is one I would like. I but, like to rank it if I want rewatchability. Oh yeah, I'd, yeah. I could see myself just having this on one day, like oh, I want to watch like a western of that sort. So good. yeah, really, really good. All right. Well, next week. Something on the total opposite end of the spectrum. <laughs> uh, we're also going to watch this off Netflix. The Other Guys. So, Will Ferrell. Mark Wahlberg. Yay. I'm really Let's excited. It's going to be good, yeah. I've seen it once, but really good. You've seen it once. I mm-hmm. haven't seen it at all. At all. So, first news article here comes from Variety.com by Jennifer Moss. Amazon closes $8.5 billion acquisition of MGM. Uh, The pact was first announced in May and has been winding its way through the regulatory process. Per Amazon, the storied, nearly century-old studio with more than 4,000 film titles, 17,000 TV episodes, 180 Academy Awards, and 100 Emmy Awards will complement Prime Video and Amazon Studios' work in delivering a diverse offering of entertainment choices to customers. Um, Yeah, I mean, MGM, if you know Hollywood history, their slogan at one point was that they had more stars than there were in the heavens. Um, what a badass just trade line, though. That's just yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, at the time, it seemed like it was true. I mean, they had everybody, it seemed like. Yeah, you had Wizard of Oz. You had... I mean, if you know the lion, that's them, so... Yeah. Yeah. So that's... The... <sighs> The one potential issue that I have with it is, and and this has come up a lot in recent years, Amazon, because of however they do their books, they don't pay taxes. Mm. So you can spend $8.5 billion on something like this, but you can't pay taxes? I think, well, isn't it a, no, that's not true anymore. I know Jeff Bezos, he's a, he's from Europe. If I'm not mistaken, I'm sure he. I think he lives here. I know Amazon's headquarters is in Seattle, but yeah, that's that's the biggest issue with mm-hmm. a lot of things. But I think him as a person, he's from Europe. Yeah, but I mean, I think this is the company. Yeah. Well, it, and they in the article it says that uh, completion of transaction comes two days after the it received clearance from the European Union's antitrust regulator. Mm-hmm. Um. That was still pending clearance of the U.S. Federal Trade Commission. Okay, so it was still here. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. But it's a lot of money to not be paying taxes on, just for that. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pay taxes, and ours won't go up. Right. Hopefully. Um, from Deadline by Valerie Complex, Anthony Mackie to open film and TV studio in Nolens. City Mayor supports decision. Avenger and New Orleans native, I, I like how they, she started that, Avenger mm-hmm. and New Orleans native actor Anthony Mackie is building a film and television studio on 20 acres of land in the southern city. 
NOLA.com reports Mackie bought the land near the Little Woods neighborhood, which is close to the I-10 service road. Current New Orleans Mayor LaToya Cantrell expressed her excitement on the venture via Twitter, where she said the, the New Orleans East is making a comeback. Bam! New Orleans' own Anthony Mackie opening a huge 20-acre film studio. This is incredible. The influx of productions will not only bring economic growth, but job opportunities. Um, Yeah. Apparently, um, according to Ford WWL, investing in the studio stems from the actor's passion for producing. He has several producing credits under his belt, including The Banker and Outside the Wire. Mm. I mean, that's good, though. I mean, we need more studios like that and especially mm-hmm. since the mayor is like she's like oh absolutely because I mean, it does well it brings tourism as well you know what i mean yeah and everybody thinks of los angeles right mm-hmm. hollywood but you look at how many that that was fine when it was like four main movie studios and three tv networks right with all the streaming services and and everything else these days they can't produce everything in that one area. Right. Well, man, Atlanta is a huge area now. I mean, you got Vancouver. Mm-hmm. You got. Atlanta. I mean, I know Atlanta has been blowing up, especially with our uh, Marvel films. But yeah, yeah. Which is, of course, they made the news for a while there because of their uh, politicians' mm-hmm. stances on certain bills, and Disney and other companies saying, "Well, we just won't film here." Right. You know? From the Hollywood Reporter. And Boris Kitt, live-action Voltron movie with Rawson Marshall Thurber to direct Ignite's Bidding War. Uh, Thurber, the filmmaker behind the Netflix hit Red Notice, is attached to co-write and direct the project, which would be produced by Todd Lieberman and David Hoberman, as well as World Event Productions' Bob Coppler. A bidding war has erupted in Hollywood over Voltron, the mecha anime featuring a giant robot that has amassed a popular following worldwide. Um, of course, as it mentions here, Thurber is attached to co-write and direct, which is a hot package that's attracted multiple offers. Warner Brothers, Universal, and Amazon are among the six or seven studios and streamers in the mix for the package, according to sources. Netflix, which was behind Red Notice and streamed the animated series Voltron Legendary Defender, is not in the running, say sources. I watched this as a kid. I had the Voltron that had all the lions. The lions were about that big. Yep. And they all connected to yep. form the big Voltron. I've, I wish I would have brought mine down because the most recent one on Netflix is one of my favorite TV shows. And I've yeah. watched it, I think, all the way from start to finish, no less than four times at this point. And when this came across my, my timeline from Hollywood Reporter... I was sitting here working and I couldn't work anymore because it was Thursday afternoon and I was like, oh my God, this is huge. Like yeah. to me, this is going to be, I'll, I want to be on set somehow. I don't care if I'm an extra, if I'm picking up someone's trash or if serving food or doing something, I just want to be there because right. this can either be really big or it could, you know, like the most recent Power Rangers movie just be meh and no one's even going to yeah. think about it anymore because this, yeah. this is going to be hard to do. <laughs> and 
I don't know how they're going to do it. Yeah. I don't know who I prefer to do it. Netflix not being in the running for it is very weird to me, considering yeah. the, the hit that they had with the TV show. So I don't, and with Red Notice being the director behind it. So I don't know why, but considering there's seven or six or seven studios that want to do it, I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. let's make it happen, please. Yeah. Oh, I want definitely. it so bad. Definitely. I've got the original series that I grew up watching on DVD. Oh, that's awesome. I, I came across it and I was like, I got to get that. Yeah, that's, that's just classic. It's, I, yeah. want, I need to go back and watch the original. But like the, the new one, it's got like Stephen Young, um, Josh uh-huh. Keaton, which is my, one of my favorite voice actors of all time, and a whole bunch of other people. And it's just so good. Like the animation's really well done. Like it's a, it's a little bit of a kiddish side, but that yeah. last season, it gets very dark real fast. And. It, it gets out there, but it's just so much fun, and I want to rewatch it again after hearing all this news, though. So I got yeah. too many things to watch, though. <laughs> yeah, right. It's just not time. Right. All right. Finally, from Deadline, Justin Kroll reports Marvel is developing a Nova project with Moon Knight scribe Sabir Pirzada. Um, it says Richard Rider, aka Nova looks to be joining the Marvel Cinematic Universe. As sources tell Deadline, Marvel is developing a Nova project with Moon Knight scribe Sabir Perzada on board to write. It's unknown for now whether this will be developed as a feature film or a limited series for Disney+. As always, Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige will produce. Nova first appeared in a 1976 issue of Super Adventures, and was a member of the intergalactic police force known as the Nova Corps, for which he gained superhuman abilities, including enhanced strength, flight, and resistance to injury. While the character didn't have many run-ins with some of the main figures of the current or past MCU, he did have some battles with the Skrulls, who have big parts in recent and upcoming Marvel projects, including Captain Marvel and the limited series Secret Invasion. As for Perzada, like so many scribes who land a high-profile Marvel project to develop, he came up through the studio's writer community, most recently helping in the writer's room for Moon Knight series that premieres on March 30th on Disney+. Plus. So they know he can do it because mm-hmm. they've developed him, basically. Um, Nova, the main th- I was never a huge Nova fan, but what I remember of him, he was with the new Warriors Yep. for a while the sam um, alexander yeah the son yeah so you got so, you got richard Ryder and sam alexander is the two ones dad and son uh i can see them doing a sam alexander run especially with we're doing a a younger generation coming up now with the new avengers we're assuming is what they're building um this is where i see they put him in now BD, our buddy from comicbook.com, has been wanting a Nova project since everything's been started. Every time he meets with Kevin Feige, he's been talking to him. He goes, hey, what about Nova project? Hey, you know, anything with Nova. And I know this was the biggest news ever for him. And he wants to, same thing with Voltron, he wants to be a part of it in a way. Yeah. Because um, he's been asking for it. Like he, there's so many interviews with Kevin Feige and him. He's like, hey, anything, any news on a Nova project? And he's kind of dodging it, you know. But... With we know in Infinity War that the planet, oh, forget the name of the planet that the Nova Core lived on was destroyed because we've already had the Nova Core, but we don't have our two characters. So 
I mean, they could easily introduce this helm in here. I mean, I'm not worried about that, but I'm very excited. I don't know when we'll get it because like with Blade and everything else, when they announce these things, they're four or five, six years out of us actually getting right. whatever the property is. Uh, but this this is really exciting, and it's not a huge news, like your major characters, but this is pretty, it's going to be really big, especially with new warriors and uh, new Avengers kind of stuff coming up. Yeah. Then, of course, you're going to get people saying, okay, who should play him? Mm-hmm. That's but, it depends on the route they go with. I don't think they'll go well, with the dad, but I know for sure they'll do Sam. And and again, like you said, it's five to six years out, so they're probably not even going to look to cast it right. for three more years, probably. Right. And we still haven't had Ironheart yet. Yeah. The, the only thing would be if they do have the character if they want if they want the actor playing the secret identity so to speak of the character the right. real world if they want them to pop up in something in a scene just to get people talking they'll have to cast it sooner yeah. but or maybe they I already have a cast i mean it's not like marvel to hide these secrets like this well, you know, there has there have been rumors that Tom Cruise has agreed to be in the MCU, so oh, maybe he's going to be Richard. <laughs> right. Well, short Richard. <laughs> um, hold your jokes there. Yeah, well, hold your jokes. <laughs> cut that, 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 cut that. <laughs> All right. R- releases this week. We'll just move on. How about that, Tyler? <laughs> that works. <laughs> releases this week in cinemas, Morbius, on April Fool's Day. Um, it feels like a joke. I you know we were talking before the show that early reviews from or at least what people are saying that have seen it mm-hmm. it's not good not good uh, well, it's the same which, thing with Venom though people didn't really like Venom either yeah so and I I enjoyed it I I wonder if it if the Sony films keep getting mixed reviews mm-hmm. if Disney just goes to them and says look how much yeah we're we're, we're going to bring these in house we're going to do it right. We'll, we'll, we'll slap your name up there, but give us give us all the rights. We'll slap yeah. your name, give you a couple mil, be fine. But yeah, how much? So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, I'll watch it eventually. Uh, I, I know it's not gonna be this weekend, but I, I do want to see it in theaters. I just don't know when. Is, yeah, is the big thing here. Uh, last section here. I don't have any news to talk about, but we can talk about what we've been playing and the normal new releases this week. Uh, Chris, anything fun, anything exciting this past two weeks? No, not really. I've just been, uh, when I have gamed, it's just been basically doing a little Madden franchise and kind of leaving it at that. I've done, so Beat Horizon, which we talked Uh about. I've been cleaning up some trophies on it, getting closer and closer to platinum again. Uh, played a little bit more Elden Ring. Uh, not a whole lot this past week due to my illness, but the previous week I played quite a bit of it. And then Friday, Kirby and the Forgotten Land come out on the Switch. I got it. Been playing a little bit of it. It's fun. It reminds me a lot of Mario Odyssey with the Switch, you know, whenever that came out, 2016, 17, whenever it was. But mm-hmm. it reminds me a lot of it, and it's fun, but nothing. Nothing crazy, nothing game of the year potential like Elden right. Ring or Horizon is so far. So, yeah, but no new news this week that or the past two weeks that anything to really to talk about. 
but new releases this week did i i'm pretty sure i looked up new releases but we do have the if you pre-ordered mlb the show 22 that does come out on april fool's day this week that'll be me and are you excited about it how you feeling i am excited about it um they've changed some things this year uh Shohei Otani is the cover athlete yeah, he is. and and so they've worked it so that you can have him in your in your lineup as both a um basically as a two-way player. Oh, that's pretty cool. Which which you you couldn't really do before. Like you couldn't have him um the same card couldn't both pitch and oh and play outfield, so you would have to change your rotation in your lineup to get him in there as a pitcher yeah and then take that card out and put his hitter card stuff like that so that's yeah. pretty exciting and it comes out on game pass i'm not this week but the week after and i'm like do i join back in you know what i mean so we'll see <laughs> I, I will say this based on what i've seen of the switch footage Ugh. i I would definitely get it on one of the consoles. Yeah. It, it, this is not a Switch game. I don't even know why it's coming to the Switch. I mean, money, I guess, but um, no. Mm -hmm. so. <laughs> but guys, thank you all so much for watching and listening to this week's episode of the Nerdwide Podcast. Don't forget to share on all your favorite social media platforms and forget to rate and review us on whatever podcasting service you are using. On social media, you can follow the NerdWide account at nerd underscore wide on Twitter. On Twitter, you can also follow me at, I at Ty underscore Haynes. You can follow Chris at MathTN7. If you're on Facebook, just search in nerdwide.com. We'll be the first one that pops up there, and you can give us a follow that way. Whenever the new episode of the podcast posts, it launches straight on there. As always, this has been this week's episode of the NerdWide Podcast, and we cannot wait to share with you next week on all of our fun stuff. I'm really excited about the other guys. See you then, guys. Later, guys.